talk about the foundation of the Lord. This is the foundation of the Lord, part two. And uh, just to refresh your memory and perhaps uh, do it, uh, give you some information for the first time, uh, this message was born out of our Indonesian ministry a few weeks ago. Um, and someone made a comment that the things that we were teaching, or that I was teaching, were the basics, and it was, it was good to be reminded of the basics. And when they said that, I thought, no, what I'm teaching, you know, are perhaps, found, they're foundational, they're, very, they're the foundation. But they're not just basic as we think of basic. They're not just basic as we think of basic. A lot of times we think of basic, we think of things that are very elementary, uh, like one plus one is two, and two plus two equals four. And uh, we, 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 when we look at things like that, we know that something is greater is going to come out of one plus one and two plus two. And, and then you get to all those symbols and stuff that I can't even understand. And so that's what generally we think when we say basic. But I thought what we are teaching is foundational, and I'd rather use that word rather than basic. But it is that and more in that what we're teaching is the foundation of our faith, but it is also the structure of our faith. So Jesus Christ should never be seen as just basic. And now we will go on to something greater. So I thought I would explain some things and become a little bit more detailed than sometimes I am. It's imperative, or that means it's absolutely necessary. It is imperative that we truly internalize that God became a man. It is it's imperative to our faith, to our understanding. He is a flesh and blood man, a breathing man, a man born of a woman, a man who is completely human, and without, without in any way contradicting the fact that he is very God, a very God. He is God, but he is also human, the only being in the whole of the universe who is both, who is 100% man and 100% God. Jesus is so human that he has a birth date, born of a woman, he has a birth date. There was a day at which he was born, and without contradiction, as I've said, yet he is fully God. He is fully God. He is God in a human body who lived a sinless life. The, those things are not just elementary things. They are so foundational that we cannot go on to knowing him in a deeper way without knowing those things. When Jesus died, he died as a man. He, a man, the man died. It was the man who died, and the man died. And it was, it, it was, he was the God-man, but it was the man. Isaiah gives us an understanding when he tells us, unto us a child is born, and then unto us a son is given. So the child was born, the son, the eternal son was given. So our faith is not based on so much as something in time and space. It, our faith is based on what preceded time and space. 
We have to understand that. Christianity is not just some religious exercises. And I know how we human beings are because I'm one. And we, we love that kind of stuff and we get into it and we get tied to it and sometimes we get tied up in it. Jesus is not that way. So God did something for us that predates human institutions. So that means that there's no institution that can, that can negate what God has done. And we have to understand that and truly, truly internalize that. But this man who died, Jesus, rose to life again by the power of God. He, he, in his resurrection, he was proven, Paul tells us in Romans, that, that he was declared to be the Son of God with power by the resurrection. He was declared. It was like God shouted out, out of heaven saying, This is my Son! When, when he broke the chains of death. And, and our faith is built on, predicated on this man. We have to understand that my faith and your faith uh, is not predicated, it's not built upon even this fine church. It's not. Or any denomination. No, it's not. To be authentic, it must be based on, foundationally based on, and come out of, grow out of, grow out of this person of Jesus. Yeah. So he is declared by God to be his son by the resurrection of the dead because in all of human history, no one had ever risen from the dead never to die again. No one. But he broke the chains of death. And so in his resurrection, he is vindicated. You know, some might think, well, no, he's vindicated because he's on the throne. Well, that's subsequent to his vindication. He doesn't need to be re-vindicated, if I can say it like that. He doesn't need to be vindicated again because by the, by the breaking of death's power, he was vindicated. This man is who he says he is, and you are who he says he, you are. Yes. Hallelujah, somebody. And, and also in his resurrection, Jesus became, he became a life-giving spirit. He became a life-giving spirit. Now, you may say, well, what does that do? I got the information, what does it do? What does it do? It informs you of who you are exercising faith in. It also informs you that what he says about you is true and cannot be negated by anything in time and space. There is nothing happening to you today that he is not acutely aware of, that he is not paid the price for your deliverance from it. He has already rescued you. It's just that time and space is in your way. But I'm preaching to you today so that you can get time and space out of your way. You are right now who he says you are. And if it were not for time and space, you would right now be seated on the throne of God at his right hand. Time and space cannot negate what Jesus has done for you. Hallelujah, somebody. Jesus is a life-giving spirit. I like to say that Jesus died to give us his life. You have to understand the import of that. 
He died to give you his life. You don't have life because you had faith. The faith that you had was given to you by him, the life-giving spirit. And the life-giving spirit died to give you himself. And when he gave you his spirit, he gave you abilities beyond human comprehension. Wow. Wow. So that means that everything is going to be all right. It does not depend on me. And I know that, that being Americans especially, we think things depend on us, but they depend on God. And to show you that thing, if they depend on us, they're going to keep getting worse like they are getting. There is no human being without Jesus that can do anything to help us. And that doesn't mean that we're fatalistic. We're not fatalistic. We don't say, well, just throw up, don't, don't, don't even try. No, no, we keep doing the good we can, we can in a natural way. But I'm telling you, the help that we need is the help that comes from God. It's supernatural, above the natural. But I want you to understand, it's already on the earth, but it's just kind of waiting on God to give the word. It's already in the people of God. It's in the people of God. It's in you because you have the spirit of the living God. And if you do not, you're not saved. So you may say, well, I, I, don't, I don't know what he's talking about. I don't, I don't. Well, you're not saved. But we can give you some help later. So Jesus also, by his resurrection, he is the first of the new mankind. So I'm saying these things because this is what our faith is built on. I'm not just building my life and going through what we go through because we go through all kinds of difficulty for Christ's sake, for the cause of Christ. And if Christ is still in the grave, then I'm not going through all this. I'm going to try to retrieve some good years, but Christ is not in the grave. He is the first of a new mankind, a mankind that never was on the earth before. A mankind that can do what men could never ever do in the past. This is what you are here for. But if you keep on just allowing your past experiences and your former revelations dictate to you, you'll never ever walk in what God has for you. You'll never ever walk in what God has for you. If you say, well, I don't believe that. I've taught you that the greatest enemy to new understanding is your old understanding. It's, it's not ignorance because ignorance is impotent in, in, in this regard. But your old understanding is like sentries that are sitting there shooting at the stuff that's trying to get into you. Yes, yeah, keeping it out. But listen, Jesus is an amazing reality. Jesus is amazing reality. He is the prototype of the new humanity, which we are. He is now a real, living, breathing, spiritual man who has a flesh and bone body and who has ascended to and has sat down on the throne of God. That's who we believe in. Amen. He is seated on the throne of God. He is the first of this new mankind with a body, with a flesh and bone body who rules everything visible and invisible. What was so amazing to me about Jesus, he is the first of this new mankind to enter the invisible with a body. You couldn't enter the invisible with the body. And Jesus steps into the invisible with the body. And he rules the invisible and he rules the, rules the visible. And he says, that's who our faith is in. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
The scripture, the scripture says, says about Jesus, he is our savior, he is our captain, but it also says he is our forerunner. Well, Jesus is the forerunner, and that means that Jesus has gone before us, and you and I are going to follow him, or he can't be a forerunner. So, but Jesus is the forerunner of the new mankind, and the new mankind will walk in the invisible realm with Jesus and the visible realm with Jesus. That is huge. I want you to open up to Jesus and who he is and what he has done. What he has done cannot be undone. Who he is cannot be undone. Why am I saying this? I'm saying this so you will know that as he is, so are you in this world. I'm saying this so that you can bravely face every difficulty. Doesn't matter. When I was a boy, they used to say, I know we have a lot of medical doctors here, and I love medical doctors. I love my doctor. He's helped me, prayed for me, walked me through things. Because my body, it's not glued together, but I got a lot of parts. You know? I mean, I've got, I've got metal here, both knees, metal in the hips, operations. You say, why, don't you have faith? Yes, I have faith. I had faith that got me through all that stuff. I had faith to believe that God wanted me to keep preaching the gospel. So that's why I had it done. Are you still with me? So I believe in in medical science. I I believe in the doctors. I'm glad they're here. I'm glad that that when we have a headache, there's something to help us through the headache. I'm glad of that. When I was a kid, they would always say, the doctor said this, but. I said, no, no, no. The doctor gave you the diagnosis. I'm glad there was a diagnosis. I'm glad the doctor said, this is what's wrong with you. Now, when I go, I don't have to say, well, Lord, whatever it is. I can say, Lord, deal with this such and such and such and such. Are you still with me? Yeah, deal with this particular thing because that's what we need. You know, we need whatever we are going through. Now that I know that Jesus is so in charge, now that I know Jesus is this this, um, unconquerable person, this person who has gone through everything that a human being could go through on the earth and more, and more, he is not just the overcome of everything you and I encounter, but he overcame what all of us over, uh, uh, encountered together. And I'm here to tell you that you can brave, go through bravely all opposition. I'm here to say to you, just like opposition did not destroy him, opposition did not keep him in the grave, opposition cannot keep you in the position that you are. That's what I'm here to tell you. Hallelujah, somebody. The Father has given us not only a glorious future. I think so often we talk about the glorious future, but there's a glorious present that many of us are missing. God wants us to realize in real time, right here while the clock is ticking, he wants me to realize overcoming. He wants me to realize being a more than a conqueror. He wants me to realize and see myself walking through the floods and they cannot drown me. He wants me to see myself going through the fire and it cannot burn me. That's what Jesus has done. He has not only given you a glorious future, but a glorious present. Hallelujah. 
he says to us in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. By the way, let, before I read, I love Jesus. I don't know if you know that by now. I love Jesus. I told you when I was a kid, when I was a kid, everybody talked about, oh, Don's a good boy. Don's a good boy. I, I started believing him. I believed it because I didn't do a lot of the crazy things that other kids were doing. I did some crazy things that they never knew I did. No, Don is not a good boy. Jesus is a good God. And Jesus saved him. Jesus saved you. And, and you and I ought to act like we're saved by, by, not by any merit of our own. I'm talking about uh, foundation is in this man who is really indescribable. He is so amazing. He's really indescribable. And until you and I have really fallen in love with him, I don't think we've understood. I've said numerous times that Jesus is the love of my life and he ought to be the love of your life. I know when you say to your wife, you're the love of my life, I know what you mean, but have you ever told Jesus? I tell him all the time. He is my foundation. And what that means is he's my foundation because my foundation goes beyond the earth. It goes beyond the human. It goes beyond the natural. The reason that I know I cannot be shaken because Jesus can't be shaken. I know that. I know that whatever's going on in time and space is not going to upend me. It's not going to destroy what God has purposed for me. It cannot. It doesn't matter what I'm going through. I'm going through. It doesn't matter what is coming against me. I'm going to overcome it. I know that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I've lived a long time now. I, I've lived a long time when I was a boy and they said to me, no weapon formed against you can prosper. I believed it, but I hadn't experienced it. You live a little while, you know that the most formidable enemy coming against you cannot destroy what God has purposed for your life. Hallelujah. He's an amazing Savior. I want to acquaint you with him. I want to introduce you to him because sometimes we believe our feelings more than the Lord. So then your feelings have become your Lord. my feelings. Made a God out of your feelings. So if your feelings are your God, you've got a pretty miserable God. Your God needs a lot of help. And the crazy thing about it, you can help your God out, but I can't help my God out. My God helps me out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. In Matthew 16, verse 18, Jesus said, he's talking to Peter because Peter has a revelation. 
Peter, the apostle Peter had a revelation when Jesus asked who the men say that I am. They told him, and then he said, oh, John the Baptist, Jeremiah, one of the prophets. He said, but who do you say I am? So I know there are a lot of things that says oh, that Jesus is, but who do you say? Who do you say Jesus is? Is your Jesus dependent on you, or are you dependent on Jesus? Who do you say that Jesus is? When you're in difficulty, when you don't know your way out, when you have this conundrum and, and you have all of these enigmas and puzzling things going on in your life, contradictory things, are you going to believe them or are you going to believe Jesus? So, so Peter, who do you say? He says, you, I can just hear him. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus says to him, and you are Peter. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. And you are Peter. And upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I want you to know that we are the church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. Shall not prevail. Shall not prevail. You and I have come and we have assembled ourselves here today. We have assembled ourselves here today to worship the Most High God and to get instructions. If you, came, if you didn't come here for instructions, you may leave. If you, if you didn't come to hear what God wants to say, you may leave. No, I don't want you to leave, but you may leave because we are the ecclesia. We are the called out ones. We are the church of the living God. And we want to know what our king wants. And whatever our king wants, when we leave here, we're going to walk in it. We will do it. We will do it. We will do it. We're dedicated to do it. So he says, you are Peter. And I'm going to build my church. The gates of hell will not prevail, shall not prevail against my church. The gates of hell shall not prevail. Shall not prevail. I have thought things were going to prevail against me in my young life. Even in my older life, it looked like they were going to prevail against me. And sometimes the pressures, I know what you're going through, sometimes the pressures are just so enormous. You know, they're not coming from one direction, they come from one direction and then they come another. They flank you on the left, they flank you on the right, and then they come up behind you. But the Bible says, greater is he who is within you than he who is in the world. And that's our reality. That's our reality. You need to be reminded of your reality. When I used to drill oil wells and gas wells, high pressure gas wells, I remember they were so sometimes terrifying because you had all kinds of difficulties. It's like that well was doing crazy stuff. And it's like they had, there was so much power that it, it could kill everybody big enough to die. It, it just had to be within a mile, you know? And uh, I remember seeing all these high pressures. And, and uh, of course, I was taught by man to, to where you drill that well, you drill that well. And even if you're scared, you don't let anybody know. And you be strong and you make good decisions. And so there were times I was just shaking. And guys would say, well, what are we going to do now? I said, don't worry about it. I got it. We got it. It's going to be all right. And I remember telling you a story. On one occasion, it was one occasion, I went into my office, my field office. I was so cool. I was like John Wayne. No, I, yeah, 
and I remember, I remember walking into the trailer, my, my field office, and I threw myself down. Oh, God! You know? And, but I, I had to talk to God because what my bosses, my earthly bosses were telling me just wasn't working. And I talked to God and I threw myself and I talked to God. And when I got up, I went back out there and said, how's everything going? I was totally all right. I'm saying that some of you will believe your earthly people, you'll believe earthly signs, you'll take earthly signals without going to God. Because the Bible says, greater is he who is within us than he who is in the world. Let me tell you what happened. Because sometimes the pressures on the outside of my drill string were so great, it's so great, it could have collapsed it. It could have collapsed my casing that I was putting in the hole. It could have collapsed it. But the reason it could not collapse and did not collapse it, I had more pressure on the inside than what was on the outside. Hallelujah. I tell you, greater is he, greater, greater. Greater is he. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm telling you. You, you. you can't collapse. You cannot collapse. You cannot collapse. You cannot collapse. There's not enough pressure outside to collapse you. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord, somebody. This, this Jesus. This Jesus. This Jesus is wonderful. This Jesus is wonderful. Hallelujah. Stop worrying. Worrying can't change anything. You can't make one's hair white or black. You cannot add a cubit to your, a cubit to your stature. You can't add an inch. Stop worrying. Believe God. Believe what he says about you. Believe what he has done in Christ for you. As Christ is, as he is, so are we in this world. As he is, so are we in this world. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let's go to Colossians. You know, I'm, I'm always so optimistic. I, I'll have a plethora of scriptures, and I'll say, I can get to these. All I have to do is spend two minutes here. I can get to them. Yeah, I can get to them. I can't get to them. I can't get to them. Let's look at Colossians 1 and beginning in verse 15, maybe through 18. Colossians 1. Colossians 1. He says, he, speaking of Jesus, is the image of the invisible God. So our foundation is not just some um, nicely uh, worked up thing. It, it, our foundation is a person. This is amazing. A person, this, is, this defies wisdom. I mean, our, our natural wisdom, it defies human intellect. This one person is the foundation for uh, as many Christians as there will ever be. This one foundation, this one man. This shows you how great he is. The scripture says he is 
the image of the invisible God. So that means that the God that you cannot see, the God that no man has seen, is seen in this person, Jesus. He is the image of the invisible God. He is the firstborn over all creation. Now it doesn't mean, like some purport, that Jesus is the first created being. That's crazy. Doesn't if you're listening, that's crazy. If you're here and you believe, that's crazy. No, what he's saying is that Jesus precedes all of creation. The, the whole of creation. Jesus precedes it. He is before this. So that means that creation is outside of him. And it means that he is the Lord over it. He is the sovereign over it. It's like Jesus, God, and, and looks down upon the created order. And we say, it's infinite. We little, little specks. We go, it's infinite. He says, no, I'm eternal. I'm the infinite God. But if you want to call that infinite, go ahead. But he presides over it. It says, and then Paul goes on to tell us who this foundation is. This, he's our foundation. I know that we have things that are, are crazy, and, and we live in a crazy age. And I think we ought to do everything we can to, to, to help things out, go along well and help people out. I believe we ought to. But I promise you, as I've said before, I want to say again, there is nothing in the world that can change the things that are going on in the world. But... But I see God doing something in a body of people called the church. And I'm going to get to that in just a moment. I want you to hold that. There, we learned that you can thumbtack it up on Wednesday. We tack it. So I want you to put that tack there, but I want you to remind me where I put the tack. But Paul tells us in verse 16, For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible. So Paul tells us that everything in heaven was created by this man, Jesus. Uh, he is our foundation. Things that you can see and things you can't see. And then he goes on to say, whether they're whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. They're created by him, Paul says. Now they're created through him. But they're not only just created through him, they're through it, created through him. And for him. So that means that Jesus, not Mr. Bezos, Bezos, not Mr. Gates, not Carlos Slim, but Jesus is the richest of them all. Jesus, Paul says, owns the whole thing. He's our foundation. So when we have need, why are we panicking? I tell him what I want. I tell him what I need. But why are we panicking? Look, Jesus owns it all. And verse 17 says, and he is before all things. And in him, all things hold together. Everything is held together by Jesus. All things are where they are by Jesus. All the planets are in their place by Jesus. And he is your 
life. He is the spirit who lives within you. If he can hold that, the, that myriad of planets, stars in their orbit, can he not hold you together? Can he not? Is there anything too hard for the Lord? Listen to what he says in verse 18. He further instructs us. I want you to get this. Lord Jesus, I want you to get it. I want you to understand who you are in him and who he is in you. I don't want you to leave here thinking, well, my problem is different. Even if it's different, it's not insurmountable. <laughs> now listen to what he says. Talking to the church. And he is the head of the body. We're the body. He is the head of the body. This is my head. This is my body. They are connected. He is the head of the body. The church explains it. Who is the beginning Jesus is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. So in all things, Jesus must have the highest rank. So God became a man. He came out, he, he, he came out of his, as it were, the bosom of the Father, became a man, and suffered death because we were suffering death. He suffered death, and he conquered death on our behalf, and is the first man to rise from the dead to die no more. That's big. Very significant. Now in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 9 and 10, he says to us, he says to us in verses 9 and 10, having made known to us the mystery of his will. That's huge. Very important. He has made known to you and me the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself. That. That. What did he purpose? That. In the dispensation of the fullness of the times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth in him. Let me show you something so amazing. Our head is in heaven. But there's a body that's on the earth. God's purpose is to connect heaven and earth. And, and I want you to understand, when the Bible tells you to pray, for what is yours and you will have it, it's because the head of the body is seated by the right hand of God the Father. He is in charge of everything. So as the head is, so is the body. We don't seem to get it. As the head is, so is the body. If the head is seated by God, positionally I'm seated by God because my feet will go where my head tells my feet to go. And so my head is, by the th is seated by the throne of God there, and the body is on the earth. Therefore, already, already God has made heaven and earth one. But 
There's something called time and space. God has a body on the earth while the head is in heaven. And there's something called the dispensation of the fullness of the times that God is going to now show us the reality. Right now, we believe the reality. We say things like positionally, positionally, but one day soon, we're gonna have a condition where whether the church and Christ there's no difference. There's no time or space that separates them. We won't say, well, positionally, we will be there. But until that time comes, until that time comes, we have the benefits of heaven. We have the benefits of the authority of Jesus Christ, who is ruling everything. That means that there's nothing that can happen to you that he's not acutely aware of. He knows everything. He knows the plots and the plans against you. He knows what they are saying about you that's not true. He knows the disease that's trying to infiltrate your body. He knows he's in charge. He's in charge. He knows your doubts and your fears. He knows. He's in charge, but this is what he says. No weapon formed against you can prosper. He says, you are always led in triumph in Christ. He says, you are more than a conqueror through him who loved you. You are more than a conqueror through him who loved you. Hallelujah, somebody. Hallelujah, somebody. Hallelujah, somebody. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, say praise the Lord with me. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. Paul says to us, and as I close, Paul says to us that Jesus is at the right hand of God who makes intercession for us. I want you to understand what that means. That means that there's God who is spirit. And he's so huge, the universe probably could be held at the tip of one of his fingers. And Jesus is sitting at his right hand, which means he is, he's authoritative. He has authority. He has power. He can do whatever God wants done. And so Paul asks us, this one who has ascended, gone to where no other human has ever gone, who is seated at the right hand of majesty, angels, and principalities and powers are subject to him. These beings who are so powerful, so powerful. I think it was one, one, one angel who killed something like 180 or 185,000, somewhere in the neighborhood of the enemy in one night. One night. And these beings, powerful, are subject. They're subject to him. This one who is seated at the right hand of God by himself 
without wielding any supernatural power, that is, any power of divinity. Not one bit of divine power in the sense of using his divinity. But through the Holy Spirit, through the sustaining power of the Holy Spirit, which you have, who you have, he defeated not only Satan, but all of his, his host, all of his army, all of them had converged upon him and he defeated them by himself. And you think your little problem is insurmountable? Come on. Come on. This too shall pass. And so Paul asks the question, in Romans 8.35, he asked the question, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Christ loves you. He died for you. Don't say he died for all of us. Shut up. Quiet. He didn't just, he died for you. He died for me. So who shall separate us from tribulation? No. Or distress or persecution? No. Or famine? No. Or nakedness? No. Or peril? Or sword? For your sakes, he says. We are killed all day long. For your sake, we allow this stuff to happen to us. And we are counted as sheep for the slaughter yet we are counted as sheep for the slaughter yet in all these things we are more than compass through him who loved us for I am persuaded that neither death nor life for I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels that people who want to worship angels, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing, nor any other created thing, nothing in creation can negate God's plan for you. Nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And this is what I want to say as I close this message. Nothing in creation can stop God from blessing you. <laughs> Absolutely. It may look, it may have been a long time coming. It may be a long time coming, but your change is gonna come. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bless the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Wow. Wow. Stay on your feet for a moment. Remain on your feet for a moment. I mean, this is for you. This is for you. This is your inheritance. This is your inheritance. You don't have to wait till the other side. This is your inheritance. Will you receive it? Wow. I, I love Jesus. It's our foundation. And what this says is that already in our position and our authority, God has lifted us through Christ above creation. And not only does this scripture say, but, but Paul teaches us that Jesus ascended high above the heavens. Do you hear me? High above the heavens. Why? That he might feel all things. You see, he couldn't feel all things. He just went to the highest heaven. But Jesus went above the heavens. And you know what? Since he went there, we did too. I'm talking about now. I'm not talking about later. I'm talking about now. Amen.